Well, hello, good afternoon and welcome. It's the Arts Programme on Ross FM, so it is. And um, what a beautiful day we're having today, an amazingly beautiful day. I have a full-packed show. Uh, thank you to Celtic Eye for sending in my outfit, uh, all the little um, lids that you take off um, pop cans. So I'm rattling here, so I am rattling uh, in the Arts Programme in the studio. And uh, I'm delighted to have Seamus Duke here with me. He's the producer. <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> yes. Can you hear him laughing? Yes, he's laughing out loud. As I said, it's a packed show. Uh, and uh, I just want to say hello to a few people. I get through them uh, at different stages. Of course, Emily Rose and Ben are listening. Tara, thank you very much for your help last night. Uh, really, really and truly uh, grateful. Mary and Rita from Abilara, um, um, Killeen, Kulaherty. Uh, we will be playing um, the Trad Group later on. Um, uh, Martina, happy birthday to you. I hope you have a wonderful day. And Phyllis, uh, hello to you too. Dee, Rosemary, Nicola, Rosemary, uh, have the cup of tea ready. Celtic Guy, all of you who send, send me messages on a regular basis. And Jerry, hello to you too. So now I'm going to start off with... Um, have you seen signs up around the place Repair Axe Ireland well I had and I didn't know what it meant but I didn't think it applied to me but when I actually got talking to Alma Calvin I realised that it is definitely a community project and it does apply to me and I think it applies to most people young and old so we'll start off with I've met up with Alma uh, who is a research social scientist from UCD and I met up with her and she chatted with me about this programme uh, which is called Repair Axe Ireland. And they are on the website and they are on Facebook and all the social media. So you can look them up on that as well. Now here's uh, um, Alma chatting. First a little for the arts programme on Ross FM. Alma Calvin is research social scientist with UCD. And she's chatting about Repair Axe Ireland. Sounds an interesting project. So we'll ask Alma, first of all, you're welcome to uh, Ross FM and you're welcome to the Arts Programme. Thank you, Ursula. And tell us a little bit about this Repair Axe Ireland. Sounds, what does it sound? Sounds interesting. (laughs) It is interesting. It sounds interesting. Repair Axe Ireland is a 16-month project funded by Creative Ireland under their Climate Action Programme. So we are one of 16 projects that have been funded so the work is in collaboration with artist Teresa Dillon. So this project is a combination of academic work and uh, arts practice. So the project will run until December 2022. And the focus for the project is in Westmeath. Uh, but we are also speaking to a national audience about the repair of objects how objects have been repaired in the past, how they are currently being repaired or not, as the case may be, and how objects will be repaired in the future. So we have carried out a great deal of archival research, trawling through the local archives here in in Athlone and also in Mullingar to understand what was repaired in the past, Uh, throughout the 1900s up to the present day and we took uh, 30 year slices to try and understand uh, first of all what was repaired uh, and where and how and of course what we have seen is a decrease in the availability 
of repair um, in our towns in particular. So the visibility of, of repair has to decrease it and people are uh, repairing less. So this project is all about um, attempting to revive that repair culture by first looking to the past, the heritages of repair, and of course that is uh, place-based. So for example here in Athlone you have a rich culture of boat repair and um, there's different repairs uh, occurring in, in, in different places and, and as a geographer this is what I'm interested in, uh, <laughs> the place-based aspects uh, of, of repair. So we're delighted to do uh, the, a project in, in the Midlands but of course we're also speaking uh, to a national audience and we are collecting a thousand stories of uh, repair. We are doing this through our website, it's called repairax.ie and you can go onto our website and upload uh, an object of something that you have repaired. Now this can be something that you have repaired yourself, so this will be called a DIY repair. It can be something that somebody has repaired for you, such as a family member or a friend, or indeed um, something a professional has repaired for you. You know, it could be... Um, an old heirloom, uh, it can be an antique, it can be um, a clock or a watch or a piece of jewellery, it can be a piece of farm machine, machinery, anything. So we want your... I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sitting here and going through <laughs> everything I have at home. <laughs> and I know loads of people, as I told you earlier on, who will be able to uh, feed into your story. So, but keep going. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so we want to know your stories. And this is also why we are connecting in with the libraries, because we know that everybody loves a good story. We know Irish people are great at the chat and telling stories, and we want to hear those stories. And also, storytelling is a way to support people to, to articulate their experiences around repair and indeed uh, perhaps around uh, climate change. Because at the end of the day, we want people to think about repairing things so we can perhaps waste less. So in addition to wasting less, we're also holding on to those objects that we hold dear, that we may have had since, since we were children. So it's, it's a win-win, really. There are also many lost skills associated with repair, and we are currently uh, making a, a documentary, and that's going to be directed by our artist, uh, Teresa Dillon, who is from Westmead. Uh, the working title is Turning the Collar, and uh, she's currently uh, filming a number of craftspeople um, in, in the Midlands and, and elsewhere, um, people who, who repair. Uh, but also for craft, so stonemasons, thatchers, uh, boat repairers, etc. So you'll be seeing that uh, towards uh, the end of 2022. Uh, we hope to, we plan to hold an exhibition and uh, this film uh, will be uh, premiered in Kilbegan in County Westmeath in early November 2022. So we'll, we'll be having a festival over repair at that time and this is a national festival and everyone is welcome and we will also be showcasing uh, the various different types of repair uh, that, that have occurred in the past and, and are recurring uh, now. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just, I think that's an amazing idea. I know we like we love the old photographs and we love the old story, but to research where our repairs are falling down, are we replacing 
or maybe repairing to new because I know a lot of the artists that's what they do you know um, they repair or give it a new life give something a new life you know but yeah I'm with you still Alma so I suppose by, by definition repair is bringing something back to its original use okay not to new uh, but you know, there is an element of repair in, in upcycling, uh, yeah. of course. So, so we're collecting all the, the stories. If you think it's repair, then we want to know about it, okay. basically. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, please upload on, onto our website. We are creating what we're calling the People's Archive of Repair. So we will have hundreds of stories from people throughout Ireland of things that they have repaired, and we want to know about those things. And you can tag that story... And um, we also want to know how long it took, how much it cost, um, how it was repaired, why. We're also creating something called a repair declaration, which which sounds uh, quite complicated or maybe even political, (laughs) but it's not. So essentially, we're able to produce the first repair declaration for Ireland, a set of statements, actions and demands that we can get behind at a local and national level that will help us to think more about how we can repair stuff. So this is what we bring to the table to our elected members and to our our government departments to say, look, we actually have a right to repair. Okay, so for example, in France, you have a repairability index, so it can be an A, B, C, D, E, etc. And uh, you can see actually this object, this this piece of machinery can or cannot be repaired and how well it can or cannot be repaired. So, for example, uh, quite often, and I hear this story quite a lot, people are telling me that their washing machine um, may have a lifespan of of three years, sometimes four years, uh, maybe five years if you're lucky. Uh, And these are some of the stories people are telling me. And then to have your washing machine repaired, it it may cost 250 euro, 300 euro, and you may as well buy buy, uh, a new one. So we need to think about, uh, well, actually, you know, why does repair cost so much? And in Sweden, there are uh, tax breaks uh, for repair. So there are things that are being done in other countries that, that we can look to and perhaps do in Ireland. So I suppose the main message from this project is about the right to repair. And also, you know, how repair can actually enhance both individual and, and community well-being. Um, I mean, sewing, for example... Um, improves fine motor skills. You, you, we know that from 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 the research, and you know that, that's a really important life skill. So we're actually working with somebody um, from St. Angela's, uh, the Home Economics School in Sligo. Um, so we have Helen McGuire there, who's working uh, on on our our advisory board. So we'll be linking in with her because, of course, um, at St. Angela's they teach home economics. And there are various different uh, skills from that you can learn in home economics, but also in woodworking, that some would say are, are being lost as we focus on uh, the, the more um, technical courses and, and engineering, etc., which are, of course, important. But it's to have the diverse array of, of subjects and skills and opportunities for people to enter into these crafts and apprenticeships and teaching of those skills if they wish. I'm just going to ask you this. The men's shed, 
are they doing repairs? They're doing a lot of repair. Yeah. Yes, they are. And what we're finding is that we're having good success linking in with uh, smaller groups, not just the men's shed, but also the, the ICA. Okay, yeah. And now there is a women's shed yeah. in, in um, the Midlands, yeah, in Mullingar and Tullamore, and we hope to link in with them soon. There are various different groups and organisations uh, that already do repair, and you're right, the, the men's shed is one of those. Mm. In Mullingar, for example, they, they do some bench repair. And um, I, I think that's also a very enjoyable task uh, for them, as well as producing s- something that's well-crafted and, and looks very nice. Mm. What about restoration of old cars then? Would they be included in that? Yeah, so as well as, as repair, bringing something back into its original use, uh, we are also looking at restoration. And what I'm finding is people have long-term restoration projects and, and they get a great deal out of that as well. And uh, we ran uh, a number of what we were calling discovery workshops back in January and February when we couldn't easily meet in person. And uh, a number of people were describing to us and sent us photographs of their um, restoration projects. And, And they're absolutely fascinating. And people take great pride in restoration. Um, and I think, again, that is something that, that impacts positively uh, on well-being. And Creative Ireland, our, our funder, link the arts to, to well-being. And uh, I think this is something uh, that um, is reflected in this project. Yeah, it has been established that arts, regardless of what area in the arts, that it is linked to the well-being of, 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 your, of your mind. And if you have a hobby or a creativity or and art isn't just a hobby uh, for other people it is a way of life but it does keep your mind active gives you a sense of being and I can see restoration you have a vision and you're working towards that so I can see that as quite quite helpful in in, in in the day when we're racing everywhere everything is technical and we have to race along and I even find it's an over to put down your handbag so you can root in it anymore <laughs> to find your purse, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. I, I, indeed, some of the, the main barriers to repair are around tools as well. It's also something that, that we're looking at. Uh, the repair of tools themselves and also the, the availability of tools to carry out your restoration, mm. which is quite interesting. Sometimes you have to send your, your object or piece of furniture away to be restored. Uh, so there's potential there uh, for groups and communities, including the men's shed, to get together to, to restore something. And I, kn- I know communities are, are doing that around Westmeath and, and I'm sure in other counties as well, uh, re- repairing old uh, machinery and, and tractors. I, I know they've done that in North Westmeath and also uh, furniture as well. But there's a great sense of self-efficacy and there's a sense of purpose in restoring something and, and bringing something back uh, to life. And, and sometimes you're creating something that, that's slightly new to you and sometimes it's returned to, to exactly uh, the, the way it was. And I suppose it, that also depends on your, your taste and opinion. I was telling you earlier, I seen a project uh, that was done, let's say the moat area, Banhound area, uh, where they recreated objects from their past, like a teapot that was in their granny's house. They recreated that teapot. Mm-hmm. And when you seen what was recreated. Another lady recreated um, the milk churn mm. that you know, was put out at the gate every morning and um, delivered the milk or the milk bank came and collected. Yes, yeah, so I can see, and I could see the, 
the sense of pride that they had after they recreated uh, what, what you know. But I know what you're saying is um, it's repair is what we're doing here. And um, if any of my listeners want to get in contact, how do they look you up? Yes, it's www.repairax.ie and uh, we're also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn um, but repairaxacts.ie is how you get in contact with us and it's also where you upload your photo um, to contribute to the People's Archive of, of Repair in Ireland. There's also an opportunity on the website to add your thoughts on what can be included in our repair declaration, the set of statements uh, and demands that we can get behind at a local and national uh, level that will help us think more about how we can repair. Alma, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to sit and chat with me here and tell me about Repair Acts Ireland. I had seen the posters up, I didn't know what it meant, but now I do. And listeners, if you want to get in, involved and you want to um, be part of this, yeah, uh, yeah. Alma Calvin, thank you so much for giving us this time, and I hope that we'll catch up with you in about six weeks' time. Absolutely. Yeah, be lovely. Thanks, Ursula. Thank you. So now I thought that was an interesting project, and it is something that we can all get involved in. Um, us. Um, we're thinking back to our mammies and our grannies, our daddies as well, because they repaired the machinery. Um, maybe somebody down the road repaired the machinery, but um, it was something we all did. And I know people are doing that now. We're going back a little bit to that. And as I said, the artists are uh, reinventing things that have been used and are no longer uh, in use. <coughs> now, I'm going to go for a piece of music now. And uh, let me just tell you a little bit about this uh, this group. I have played them before. They're called the Baines. They're a local group. They're from um, Athlone. And um, their new song, tune, single, I'm not really up to date. I'll have to get somebody to teach me how to say these new words. I'm Not Me, Mine is by the Baines. And um, they are going to be featured um, on the Everton Club halftime playlist next weekend. Um, there's there's a match on next weekend. <laughs> you can tell that I'm a football follower. Yeah, I'd have to get myself a little bit more uh, up to speed on 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 sport. But anyway, good luck to the Baines uh, on the halftime uh, playlist for the Everton uh, next weekend. And I'm not me, mine. And I'll have to see if we can try and get them into studio and maybe bring Johnny Callahan with them as well. Here we are. Um, here we are, here we go. Oh, hit the button. So, <clears throat> there we had our advertisements as well. So, uh, we were, when I was last on the air, we were playing the Baines. Um, it's not me, mine. And the Baines are made up of uh, Cormac Sheeran, Sheeran and Kevin O'Neill, um, Longford and Westmead chaps. So, uh, as I said, we'll try and get an interview with them and um, see what inspires them. Our next... Um, our next interviewer, our next chat, because we don't do interviews, we do chats, is with Jodie F. Desmond. And she's an artist over in Ireland from um, Boston, Maine area of the United States of America. And um, we spent um, a day going around the, the different art galleries. And um, we went to Burr to see the Leviathan as well and uh, the Isle Ofer. And um, here's Jodie chatting with me about her, our trip and her art journey.
Ursula Ledwell. Near Balnahoun, I'm delighted to have with me Joanna F. Desmond. Joanna Lovely. is an artist uh, over from... What's her name? I would say Boston, Joanna, but I'd F. say Joanna Davidson. would tell me it's Maine. Before I go any further, we're sitting She's outside my like she says, um, studio and you can hear the birds singing in the background high up in the um, trees. We'll Joanna, well, you're welcome to other things. Mm-hmm. Well, hello. She's a friend of Rosemary's on <laughs> time years came a friend. We were supposed to go out two years ago to do an art This is your first trip to Ireland. No, this is my third trip to Ireland. But pandemic came and Doctor would not be travelling anyway. It's been every time I've been was the end of that. This trip has been absolutely delightful. Except um, my friend Rosemary couldn't um, join us this afternoon. She had another appointment, so she had, yeah. It's yeah. a pity. But sure, you and I got along fine. We do get along fine, <laughs> and you make me laugh. <laughs> like I haven't laughed in years, so it's been a trip. <laughs> we were actually down at Burr at the... Um, Leviathan. Yeah, that was really beautiful. Yeah, really and the Ilofer. Yep, yeah. and um, great place to go. I mean, you could take an art group down there, bring some chairs, your art materials, and just have a way at the scenery. And just being in the environment, no matter what your medium was, you could get inspiration there clearly. It wasn't a secret, listeners. I just didn't tell. Joanna's an artist. <laughs> <laughs> um so we had a lovely day down in Burr and you, you benefit, we'd say, looking at oh, pieces yes, for art. Oh, yes, that was inspirational. And um, it kind of reminded me of where I'm going to be going <coughs> next, up in County Mayo, which is another place that the um, environs just are stimulating. So being in Burr kind of primed the pump, as it were. And there's a beautiful lake there. And just being in the greenery and the water, and uh, it was just delightful. And I got an amazing little film of a swan. And um, you and I both figured that it's the daddy swan going out to forage for the mummy who's probably nesting someplace. I'd hate to think that he's solo, you know, that his um, partner has died so I choose to think that he's out there and then we saw the ducks doing the same thing you know they're nesting yes Mm -hmm. so it's been really um, thrilling we saw some exhibits the other day well we did the yes tell me now what did you think we did first of all we did uh, the Dean Crow that was non-waters exhibition that was really poignant especially when you know when the person the viewer knows that um, non's uh, backstory and I thought there were powerful pieces within the exhibit, but the most powerful for me is the last piece she was working on, um, at, you know, before she died. And it's unfinished, and that spoke volumes to me. She's really sadly missed. Yes, I can imagine. And yeah. you can see that in her work. Uh, you can see what an influence uh, she's had in the community, and I don't even know her. So for me to get that by just looking at the work, uh, that's pretty something. And then we went um, Did to the Loon Gallery, and that was um, that, that's interesting work. I mean, it's a very colorful palette. It's acrylic pour. Those are things that I'm not, um, they're not in my work, um, but I admire people that uh, embrace color and uh, really wear the cloak of color and have a mastery of it. I'm a more subtle palette. And actually, there were a couple of pieces um, that he did what is his name? Smith. I can't think of his first name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I did an interview with him. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there were a couple of pieces that the palette was very subtle. It was blacks and tans. And then there was a piece behind where he demonstrates his process that struck me. But that's because it, you know, it's, it's a very subtle palette. 
Uh, and then we saw Rosemary's exhibit. In the village. In the village. Burgess. And we were able to have a cup of coffee. And that's a quaint little place, you know. Nice place to go in and view the art and sit down and have a cup of tea or, or a coffee, whatever your, your um, preferences. And um, as I said to you, if I had a lot of money, I, I think Athlone is a lovely town, you know, and um, I, I rather enjoy it. I would buy a little place in Athlone and, um, of course, Rosemary, um, one of her pieces would be the first piece I'd buy of an artist to decorate it, but I'm part. Her aesthetic and my aesthetic is very similar. And can I just come back to you in a second? You also went out to Savory Fair and Fern Hill. Yeah. Um, oh, and that, we had, a, we had um, an epiphany at Fern Hill because I was telling you that in Maine, uh, we have a similar place like Fern Hill, and artists go to the um, nursery and they'll bring their, you know, easels and whatnot, and they'll paint or they'll draw. And the owner loves this because it, um, you know, he likes providing impetus for people's art. It's a win-win situation for everybody, and I think that's what should I get happen. The I'll pass your um, recommendations I'll on. I'll come back next year and we'll, <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> so on the art in Fernhill, in the gallery. Yeah, a couple of pieces really struck me. I'm partial to bears, the brown bear, and um, the doe, and, and um, he had a larger image of that piece and then a smaller image, and that was quite lovely. Hmm. Yourself and Rosemary... You met through courses? Yeah, we met... Um, you both do encaustic, do you? We both do, yeah. and we both do cold wax. Um, but we met in Kentucky several years ago at Encaustic Castle um, at yes. Tris Shagabrook's, um place, and that's how we first met. And then when I came over the first time to Ireland, I was up at... Um, Ballin Glen and Which is um, an art studio. An art studio and taking a workshop there. Unfortunately, Rosemary and I weren't able to meet that time because it was really a kind of a quick trip for me. Um, but the second time, the second year I was here, we got together and I spent a few days with her, and um, that's when everything clicked. And uh, again, this time it's been just a joy to see her. And Rosemary was meant to bring an exhibition out to. Main to yes, uh, COVID hit, and yeah. we were going to do this um, the Celtic Connection in Dover, New Hampshire, and uh, of course, um, like so many other things that got nixed, that unfortunately was one of them. So, so God knows what will happen in the future. Well, maybe you'll share an exhibition in the future. Now, Joanna, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you become involved in art? I have been interested in art ever since I was a kid. I went to college right out of high school, um, took a year, and then I didn't finish. And then I went back to school mid midlife, and um, I completed my degree in art and English. I did, I did a double major, and with that, I just took off like a rocket. School became my muse. Um, I majored in printmaking and photography. And then um, I've expanded into what's become now mixed media. Okay. And, um, you know, I did a master's program, and my work actually in the master's program became more sculptural. So um, mixed media is really my forte, but there's the integration of printmaking, 
uh, cold wax painting encaustic. I love to sew. It's all hand sewing. I don't do a machine or anything like that. I love textiles and fabric. And one of my um, big inspirations in graduate school was Louise Bourgeois, and she's still uh, a muse for me. So, yeah. And if we wanted to follow your, um, your art or follow your career or look at your art, are you on social media? I am. I, I'm on Instagram as Joanne F, middle initial F, Desmond Artist. And I also have a website, joannefdesmond.net. Joannefdesmond.net. Yeah. Joannefdesmond Artist, Artist on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Joanne, can't thank you enough for giving us a couple of minutes here this afternoon. I've enjoyed meeting you second time round. Well, we really got to know each other well. <laughs> and we got into a bit of trouble. So <laughs> We didn't get into trouble. They didn't catch us. <laughs> we, we, were, we were going to go to Clonmac Noise and they were putting down a new road and we had turned in and we couldn't drive up on the road. That's the trouble. Uh, in case you think I was getting you in trouble. Uh, Clonmac Noise is having a new driveway put into it so um, when we turned up there we couldn't to go up because the machinery was there. Yeah, so but we... the catch was we went back <laughs> and the same guy was coming out of the, the, the corners there. It's like, oh my God. Oh. Anyway, um, it's a beautiful afternoon. I don't know if you can hear the birds singing. Joanna, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, that was Joanna F. Uh, over from the United States of America and I hope you enjoyed our chat and our tour and thank you very much Joanna for uh, sharing that day afternoon with me and um, no doubt we'll catch up again so we will now um, a couple of weeks ago probably about a month month or more ago I was at a gathering in Abilara um, to recognise the uh, citizens of the Abilara community and uh, there was a gathering, there was food, there was music, there was a uh, song, there was uh, flowers were given out and uh, quite a, a lovely afternoon in the hall in Abilara. It's in North Longford. It's um, nearly on the Cabin board, border and I would like to say thank you very much to everybody who organised that gathering. It was a, a great event, a great success and it was lovely to see the community coming together again and um, so it was. So I'd just like to say thank you Mary and Rita, all of the, um, the committee that were there. Uh, Rita's uh, granddaughter is in the next piece I'm going to play and um, Mary Hannon uh, organised for myself to come and uh, uh, join the event. And just while I'm at it, uh, a big hello to Jackie and Ivan and Michael, Cahal and Shauna. Uh, that's Mary's grandchildren. So, um, well, no, Jackie and Ivan are Mary's grandchildren. I, I'm, I'm being very generous there. So I'm just going to play a little bit of trad music that was by the Abilara tra- traditional group. And uh, they were the winners of score in the Longford area. Now, they probably have won more since, but just at that time, um, that's the way it was. Next uh, treat in store for you all is the Avilara Instrumental Group, Scorn and Oak 2022, Longford County winners. So a very proud group coming on now. The group are represented by Lara Monaghan, Mary Riley, Orla Gilligan, Sanna Donahoe and Nora Drake. So they're mentored by Tommy Cunningham. Okay. So there we are. Uh, that was the Abilara Trad Group. Um, 
I do remember some of the names in it, but you heard the names as they were uh, introduced on the stage. And that was a brilliant afternoon. And as I said, congratulations to everybody there in the Abilara and wider community um, who um, organised that and were out dancing and gallivanting all around the place and uh, enjoying parish food. So here we go now on to our ads and back we will be with a photographer that will... Uh, is, is an amazing photographer. Well, let me find the ads. Where have they gone? Oh, shame Mr. has moved them around on me. Here they are. I nearly forgot the ads were finished. Hey, I was so engrossed in, in talking to myself here. Um, our next uh, guest, uh, first of all, thank you very much for all your messages that you're sending in. Uh, a lot of people interested in Repair Acts Ireland. Uh, Johnny, a lot of people have enjoyed your conversation. And the Trad group went down very well as well, as did the Baines. So we're doing it right here on the arts programme. Let me see if I got my next guest there. Shinu John, hello and welcome. Hello there, how are you folks? Not too bad, not too bad. Can I just introduce you? Um, I haven't got Shinu John's name wrong, have I John? <laughs> Shinu? Uh, close to it, but I think you're the best so far. Done this <laughs> <work in> Ireland. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Shinu is a fine art photographer based in Dublin and came to this country four or six years ago and uh, I have been following Shinu's art for a long number of years and I've always been fascinated by it. So I'm going to, I think we're going to start uh, Shinu and um, you um, you were, were a musician or a composer? Yes, before I put up the camera, yeah. Yeah, and you gave up that lifestyle, um, or that lifestyle, you gave up uh, playing music. Tell us a little bit about yourself from the music on. Uh, yeah, so, like, uh, I learned music as a young kid, but, and, uh, as, like, growing up, I think music heavily influenced the way I understood and connected with other humans. And this has, I believe, like, carried on to my photography part. I feel that I connect to humans at a you know deeper spiritual level, and that shows through my work. Uh, most of my work would be like in portraits, and it would be heavily influenced by expressions and their emotions. Uh, and I think like, I'm glad that I learned music in some point in time because that has transformed my work in photography tremendously. And um, when I say a fine art photographer. Um We'll have to describe this to our listeners because our listeners can't see your art, but it's not, uh, uh, you don't take pictures of, um, uh, we'll just say the countryside, you don't take pictures of of um, houses, indoors, outdoors. You usually take pictures of people, but these people would have um, either an air of mystery or a soul or, not that everybody hasn't got a soul, but they would have something about them. You you described to me, if, if if somebody came to you, first of all, to have their picture taken, how do you go about this? Um, how would I go about this? Yeah, so the first approach I would take would be uh, to have a conversation with them, like deeply about what they wanted in life, something that they, you know, dreamt of doing in life, but could never make it possible. So I, I know many like many people, um, like almost like I would say 90% of us would have thought of something they would love to do as a kid. But as they grew older and they matured and, you know, responsibilities kicked in, they just put it as a, as a like, uh, something, as a side note. I tried to bring that out, like that dream which they wanted to happen. I 
bring that out in the form of photographs. Okay. I usually would connect with them in a way that they share what they always wanted to be. Something It could be something mysterious. It could be something fascinating. And I try to bring that idea to life with my skills in Photoshop as well as my skills in photography. Right. Um, well, let's talk about one of the photographs here. Um, um, this is the one that was influenced by the mythical um, um, Greek god. So we have somebody lying on their shoulders with their legs up in the air. Is that the best way to describe this? But it's not, it's not, it's not gross in any way whatsoever. It's very, um, very, let me see, it's beautiful. That's the only word I can say for it. So what is the influence of that photograph? How, how, did you, how do you come about that photograph? Uh, yeah, so that photograph was, the idea behind the photograph was inspired uh, by a story in Greek mythology about Icarus. Uh, he was the son of, uh, how would you say, Dideus, uh, who made the, uh, you know, like who made stuff for the gods. And uh, the story kind of like goes of the father telling his son to be humble and be respectful, but he tends to ignore the warnings. So he made his son a, a, a pair of a set of wings made of feathers and wax, and he warned his son not to go to the close too close to the sun. But he ignored his his father's wisdom and instructions. He did fly too close to the sun, and the wings melted, and he fell into the ocean. So for me, this story was you know kind of like kind of interesting, and I try to depict that in the form of humans. So. In my photograph, I represented uh, like Icarus with a person that I was, you know, photographing, and uh, she was on her back on the floor uh, with her legs raised really high, which kind of like was symbolic of a fall. Yes. And the posture was visibly so uncomfortable; it looked like a painful, hurtful fall. And uh, I think I also added a lightning bolt, which I shot like years ago into the frame so it looks like it like you know they were smitten with anger hatred and rage by the gods and the image formed a storyline perfectly and this is one of those works i'm really proud of yes it's a beautiful picture so it is but as I, i'm, I'm get, getting across the background looks like a light silky blue a very pale blue with light and gold going through it and then trickling down onto the heel of the subject who is like a ballerina uh, with her legs up the way a ballerina would stand. Uh, and then the, the, the light trickles through, the, the glow of the gold trickles through the, uh, the, the subject. It's beautiful. It's very unusual. It's not your usual uh, photograph. Uh, can we have a look at then, or can we chat about you? Another one, and it's um, an angel... Well, it's a human being on a pillar. Um, you tell us it's the angel wing one. So will you tell us about that one? Yes. So that is that was my first masterpiece, I would say. Yeah, and they and, are masterpieces. Uh, <laughs> I can say was, that because I'm looking the at them. The series. So the series was a series of seven, which initially I uh, kicked off with the idea of the seven deadly sins. But as the project progressed, it 
took a new shape, and it ended up being uh, the the team was the same about the seven deadly sins, but uh, instead of the human voices, I tried to portray them in a mis- more mysterious way. So this in this photograph uh, that you're pointing out to. Uh, the series of photographs, uh, the special thing about them, all the angels have a single wing. So, for me, it was kind of like a, an, a half-human, half-angel figure who is trying to do good, but still at a deeper level, they still have those vices that make them human. And this is in spite of them being angels in you know real world. So, and, and this- the, the image was constructed... Uh, kind of like half accidentally. So she was actually she actually dropped her earring on the floor, and she was trying to grab it as it was falling. Oh! And <laughs> and uh, like the posture looked as if she was clinging onto that pillar yeah. in hope or pain. And did she find her earring? Oh yeah, yeah. It had just dropped off the bed, so we <laughs> found it after just after. Okay. But the, the six shots we created while the ring was fallen and she was trying to desperately, you know, grab grab it as it was falling. Each of them were like brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I think I picked the best of it. Okay, and the the next one we have is um, uh, the hummingbird. Now, this is... Uh, one. Mm-hmm. you tell me. Yeah, so that idea was inspired by another artist's work and uh, this was twisted into a hummingbird like hummingbirds show uh, you know a, a, a very fragile being they're small they're tiny but in spite of them being so little they are beautiful you would never ever say a hummingbird looks bad or you might have never seen or heard anything bad about being done by a hummingbird they're just beautiful okay so and in this picture we have a girl Girl's face. Do you want to describe it? Yes. So on this picture, we have a girl with like huge locks of hair and very colorful uh, makeup and huge eyelashes, which look like butterflies. And we have a hummingbird, which is right next to her eye. And uh, uh, the girl is like shredding uh, shredding, uh, tears made of gold. And the hummingbird is kind of feeding on that gold tears. So... It's like hummingbirds bringing joy and happiness to people's life. They still kind of rely on, uh, you know, the golden tears of happiness of someone else's. Okay. Okay. Um, it, it, it's, they're, they're, they're very hard to describe, these photographs, but they are very... Um, when, when, when you see them and if you get access to uh, uh, Facebook or um, uh, www.shinu... Uh, J-O-H-N dot com have a look at Sinu's um, um, photography I mean there's loads of photographs here we've just blown away with the with the, the work that's involved in them and the way they are um, the way they are designed it's, it's we'll say I know you said a fine art photographer but I would also say there's a craft involved in this because it's more than just uh, taking photographs Um you, do you are you available for work? Uh, you know, if somebody wanted to contact you, uh, Sanu, um, could they, you know, ask you to do their portraits? Oh yes, yes, yes. So I do take commissions, uh, like for individuals. 
and uh, usually it's, it's like timed out like maybe a month later because i have to like go through an elaborate process of discussing and conceptualizing an idea and ideating the set and constructing the set for them so i like yes i am open for commissions uh but you will be uh, running around the next reach out. yeah but you will be able to run around the next day and take their picture no 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 <laughs> <laughs> it would be an elaborate you know setup i have to construct the set exclusively for them and it, you know take gets taken down after it is done so every idea is unique to a, an individual it's never repeated and you have to put up the, i mean i know they're sitting on 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 um, pillars or they're you know they there is a set you can see that there is a set but i didn't realize you had to construct the set every time Okay. Every well, single time. Well, Sino, it was lovely to chat with you. Uh, we'll catch up again in the future. If anybody wants to get in contact with you, am I right on this? www.shinujohn.com and you're on Facebook. Yes, as well. And if you if people want to send me an email directly with, you know, with yeah. any of the questions they might have, it's like connect at shinujohn.com. And I'll spell that again. Connect. Connect. C O N N E C T. Yeah. At. At shinujohn.com, the, the website name. Okay, that's fine, so it is. Thank you so much for joining us on air this afternoon, and um, I'll be in contact. Um, no doubt I'll be following you on Facebook as well. So uh, thank you so much, and delighted to get chatting with you. Thank you, Good day, everyone. Thank you. All right, that was Shinu. Um, Thank you very much for joining us on air. Um, we are finishing up with me, myself. Um, uh, Seamus had told me there was an Alzheimer's gathering here in Roscommon recently. And um, I just happened to say that I had an Alzheimer's poem that I'd done. So I uh, re-recorded it and uh, took it out last night. And here it is. I wrote it for my uncle Finton, who had Alzheimer's. And when you'd go and see him... Um, if you talked about things in the past, he would know what they were. But if you asked him about today, he wouldn't know what he had for his dinner. But he had a, a lovely way of telling tales and telling stories. And he used to tell us about uh, the Gunner Brady used to bowl the ball over the net or into the net. Um, I think the Gunner Brady played for Cabin. Um, you see, I, I must get into sport. I must really get back into sport. But here I am. I'll allow myself here to uh, uh, share with you... Um, um, I can't remember what the name of the poem is. It's about Alzheimer's. I'll have to think what the name it is. I wrote it myself. (laughs) Disease of the Living Dead by Ursula Ledworth. Alzheimer's, dementia, a medical condition that affects the brain, reducing production of a chemical required for memory. My friend, are you in a place of puzzlement and bewilderment? Are you trying to find your way home? Do you feel lonely, tired, scared? Where is your mind? What are your thoughts? Oh, please, don't be alone there. What can I do to understand you? How can I make you feel safe and loved in this confusion? How can I communicate with you so you're able to have a chat with confidence, enjoying laughter and banter, knowing you're loved, not judged? How can we help them who haven't got an understanding of life in your brain, correcting your memory of events, times and places? Thinking you're talking balderdash while shouting and being rude. 
help them understand that the beta amyloid plaques in your brain is not producing, no longer there. It's not your fault. It's God's way. Alzheimer's has changed your journey, your life, your thoughts, your understanding of this world. May I travel with you, walk beside you, sit a while, spending time in your world, enjoying past memories, old snaps, mixed up days, strange stories, untrue tales and a few lies, football highs, religious events, dance hall days and family tales of long ago. Sitting in our new world, my friend, and linking our past, I bow my head as you pray, asking Our Lady to keep you in her care. That was a little poem I wrote, as I said, about my Uncle Pinton, but it's about anyone who has Alzheimer's. And <laughs> I do apologise. <laughs> I must have been struck by a little bit of Alzheimer's myself. I couldn't think of the name of the poem. <laughs> um, Seamus, you can't stop laughing at the idea of that. <laughs> it is quite funny, really. Um, but anyway, I hope you liked it. And uh, that's it. Now we're coming nearly to the end of the programme. Dee, uh, happy motoring. Rosemary, thank you very much. Uh, she is an interesting lady and I, I do think we will be seeing talking to Alma a little bit more. Um, the trad 